Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We're going to be talking football and basketball. There was a big headline with a U.K. assistant. We'll discuss that. Mark Stoops also had another scrimmage. He discussed what he saw, break down his comments. Plus, haven't got to talk to Kyle since Infale Dante picked Oregon. We'll get his thought on that. And we'll wrap with some more on USA basketball. But let's stop, jump off. Um, I, you're, you're the writer, so I think, Kyle, you have like a better grasp of legal stuff with editors. I guess we technically can't say there was a text message between Kenny Payne and the EYBL director Carlton DeBose, but there was a text between DeBose and somebody labeled KP in his phone. This, of course, is all, well, Kyle, like, I don't know how to, the best way to kind of describe this. Michael Avenatti is being prosecuted for extortion, and now he is releasing a lot of documents trying to implicate Nike and there is involves a UK assistance, according to his motion. Yeah, so that's that's where this all comes from. He released a bunch of uh, evidence. Um, he claims that there this there is a conversation between uh, Debose, who's one of the Nike executives, over their grassroots EYBL stuff. Uh, and a Kentucky assistant, and then, then in the evidence, they release a, an exchange between uh, Dubose and someone whose initials are KP. And so, I mean, you put those together: Kentucky assistant, someone whose initials are KP, Kenny Payne. I believe he and Dubose are, are friends and go back a ways, um, from what I gather. Um, and so, the gist of it is this: and again, we can't even really—I don't think we can even say that there's definitely that that text exchange even definitely happened because this is just claims by Avenatti. These are um, emails and text messages that they claim are real, but uh, you know, do we know if they actually have cell phone record proof that these are real text messages? You, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Gist of it is. Uh, essentially, Kenny I, Payne. I got the, Go the 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 text that they released and like the the quotes from them, and, and basically, uh, Debose acknowledged that there are about ten EYBL coaches that are helping families to the total of about a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars annually. That's when KP in the phone texts back, "Wow, can it come back to hurt you?" Uh, Debose replied, "Not really." It's a risk, but my everyday job is a damn risk, so I'm used to it now. Uh, the final text in the exchange is from KP again. It says, watch your back, bro. These are from July 6th of 2017. So that's, like, to your and point. It's precip- and it's precipitated by a, an alleged text from Kenny to him saying, uh, essentially, are you helping Are you helping some of these coaches? Are, you, are, you, are these guys asking you for help? Um, and so... So the way I read it, and I know that some reaction uh, has been, oh, they, you know, they, they got Kentucky now, they got Kenny Payne now. Um, my read on that is it's actually pretty positive if you're Kentucky. I mean, I'm sure you'd prefer not to have any text messages between yourself and, and anybody that may be implicated in paying 
players or AAU coaches or families or whatever. Um, but the way I read that exchange is, is you know, Kenny Payne texting a friend uh, who's in a position like this and sounding to me fairly unaware of, of how this thing works, you know, sounding, uh, I would say even like almost naive to the process. Like, oh, wait, our coach is asking you for money. Like, wow. That's crazy. Like, is it going to hurt you? Be careful. Um, you know, there's not any exchange about, Hey, are you going to, you know, take care of this guy for me and that guy for me? Um, and so the other thing to consider if these are real texts and I would can keep putting that caveat out there because we don't know that to be true. But if, assuming these are real texts and these are pretty plausible conversations, um, what you have to think about is this is a candid moment. Like this is a conversation that Kenny Payne never thought was going to be public. Um, and so we could have said anything in it. Right. And in this candid moment that happened to be captured, he's expressing I mean, he's, he's demonstrating himself to be relatively clueless on the concept of paying players or coaches or families. Um, and so to me, again, like to me, my, my read on this, if this is all there is, um, is it comes out pretty positive for Kentucky. I don't, I don't see a situation where this, this evidence leads to anything. Well, and like if you want to take this, basically this kind of discussion, just this text exchange, in theory – might not even be illegal in the eyes of an NCAA if, and this is a big caveat, that $20,000 annually goes to setting up teams. One of the examples of that is the Bagley family. Um, I think Marvin Bagley Jr. is the, the, the father, and then Marvin Bagley III, was, he, he attended Duke. And they, there was a grassroots program set up basically around him. And, you know, Marvin Bagley Jr., the, his fa- Marvin Bagley's father, got got paid to, to run that program, and that's not against the rules. There's nothing that the NCAA can do about that. So, you know, when you look at this kind of deal where there is a lot of shadiness going on, there are some instances where money can, like, uh, uh, I don't know if legally is the right word, but be okay in the eyes of the NCAA if it's done through certain channels. So this is... I mean, this is, as we all know, is a big kind of mess, and you, you know, you do have to, Kyle. You've been putting those caveats on it. This is, th- this is trying to get um, an extortion case dismissed. So you also have to right. keep that yeah, all I in mean, mind. Yeah, there's, there's the, there's the idea of consider the source. I mean, this is the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, the porn star who was um, suing Donald Trump, and, and you know involved in all kinds of craziness and then he was a lawyer for someone he's been he's been he's been sort of the front facing person in several um high profile claims that are either seeking a great deal of money or attention or fame he you know what he's being charged with is i think basically telling nike if you pay give me a job and pay me 25 million dollars uh, I won't release any of this. I mean, so, um, yeah, it's a guy that's trying, was trying to extort Nike. Now, do I think some stuff happened? Like, obviously, yes, I do. Um, you know, Adidas, uh, got kind of nailed to the wall because it was indisputable once the FBI got involved 
I don't think I don't think this evidence rises to that level, and maybe there is more. But like, it's I think it's going to be hard to pin some of this on Nike. But it's obvious. Like we understand now how the world works, how the sort of the shady underbelly works. The more explosive stuff is really about specific players. Zion Williamson and Romeo Langford, you know, claims of them and their families being paid many thousands of dollars trying to get them on the Nike circuit. Um, you know, and I, that's the other thing. If you're Kentucky and you're trying to say, like, hey, look, we're, we're coming out of this looking pretty good. Look at every specific player, every five-star guy that's actually been named and attached to either – definitely being paid or some strong evidence that they were offered or tried that, that someone was trying to buy them uh, over the, through the FBI investigation, through this new information that's out there. If you look at all those players, uh, not one of them picked Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and so, you, you know, fans have gone, why can't we get, why can't we get a top five player anymore? Uh, Kentucky hasn't signed a top five player in five years. Yeah, uh, you know that's a pretty strong argument that like, hey, we're not in this game because our our ace recruiter Kenny Payne doesn't even know that uh, how paying players works, and we're not getting any of those guys. So you know, all in all, so far, and we have no idea what other what other shoe may drop or what other evidence anybody else might have. But from what I what I know that is public right now, I, I it feels to me like. Kentucky's got to feel pretty good about it being um, untouched, you know, when the NCAA starts hammering people. I don't think anything that's out there right now looks like an NCAA violation for them. Yeah, and we'll continue to discuss this story going forward when any information uh, comes available. Coming up next, we are going to shift to football and talk a little bit about what Mark Stoops had to say after – Kentucky football's latest scrimmage. But before that, let me tell you guys about Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is the world's most award-winning distillery. You can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century-old warehouses, hear the tales of bourbon legends, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distilleries offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On podcast, and you get a 10% discount off of merchandise at the gift shop. So go visit buffalotracedistillery.com and get some of that merchandise for 10% off when you mention that you heard about it on Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Had another scrimmage UK football did, Kyle, and eh, as you would imagine, Mark Stoops seemed in a little bit of a better mood. More improvement, more practice makes you better. So I guess that's just the way, that's the, way the script goes in college football. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I think the uh, <laughs> the frustrating thing about this time of year to me is I I don't know what to believe about anything that any coach says during the preseason, uh, I, like about practice, about scrimmages when they're closed and we don't get to see them. <laughs> uh, 
I have no idea, one, if it's all BS or, you know, misdirection for the upcoming opponent, or if it is, again, we talked about, like, if you if the coach comes out and was like, the defense was amazing today, I'm really disappointed in the offense. How in the world do you decipher whether that means their defense was really good or their offense stinks? Uh, I have no idea. So I don't really know what to make of, of anything, <laughs> anything coming out of these scrimmages right now other than the injury reports. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm ready for it to be over. I'm glad we're only, what, one week away, one weekend away from having real college football again. Yep, uh, and speaking of the injury news, Nick Scalzo um, was injured, according to Stoops, and he said that they're concerned, which is kind of a, a big red flag when you're when you're listening to Mark Stoops talk. He said it was a knee. Uh, that's not a good thing to hear. Scalzo obviously had an ACL injury at the end of his high school career, so you're in a position where you have some depth at quarterback um, with Sawyer Smith coming in and potentially most likely gonna gonna be the backup, but you never want to lose a guy at that position. And you know this is this is one that hurts probably not this season necessarily, but the impacts could be hurt going forward if you don't if you're not able to get some reps with this young guy. If you're if he's in the works um, for your your future, you want him to get as well acquainted with the offense as possible. And any kind of injury obviously is a setback for that, so that's that's not good at all. The other piece of news was that there is no news on Xavier Peters, the transfer from Florida State, who they're trying to get eligible immediately. Uh, you know, he would be, I think he would be a, a really key piece if he can play, but it's still a wait and see game. And I guess, you know, at this point, Kyle, you got to just kind of plan for him to not be there uh, going forward, which is, which is a shame. Yeah, it, it's a shame, too, that they're just dragging this out so long. You know, I mean, they, they have all the information. It's obviously of, pretty big importance to get back to this kid and let him know what whether he can play or he can't um so uh, i don't know I, I think it's a i think it has the potential to make a major impact on the season uh if for no even if he's not ready to start if for no other reason than to add some depth at a key position um the scalzo things you know interesting have you watched any of the QB1 yet? Have you watched the documentary? I was actually lit watching before we hooked up. I'm on, I just finished episode four. Yeah, I've seen, I think, three episodes this season. Um, I know that he was injured twice during his senior year, including the ACL tear, uh, which I assume the, uh, the uh, show on Netflix covers. The thing that stuck out to me uh, is what an, like, uh, almost terrifying daredevil he is. Um, he's a lunatic. He's like, yeah, he's like jumping off of like <laughs> tall buildings and backflips. Like the first scene, I think he's shown in the in the series. He's at his parents' house and he just climbs up on top of the roof and goes running down the slant of the roof and does like a you know three flip you know front flip into a swimming pool where there's a concrete deck that he could have smashed his head on I, the whole time he's doing all his stunts on the show i'm like cringing uh and then they show i don't think i knew this about him uh he was in like a horrific car accident um, yeah earlier a couple when he was like 16 years old in a sports car he fell asleep at the wheel and uh rolled his car and and is very lucky to be alive so he is uh he's an interesting character for sure i i you know, you hate to see him get injured. I, I think he's going to be a really interesting just personality to follow on this team 
you know, down the road for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, this really doesn't necessarily ruin anything, but there was a moment you, you're talking about injuries, and I think the I forget what episode it was, but he hurt his shoulder, and it was just like such a raw moment on the sidelines where he's taken out of the game, has ice on his shoulder, and is talking to his dad, and I can't see his face, but just you just are listening to the audio, and it sounds like he's almost in tears because he was just like. I'm not going to be able to play the rest of the season. They're going to pull my scholarship, everything. And he, he's like in this very vulnerable moment, and it's just kind of – it was insane to see how much pressure he had put on himself <laughs> at that point and for it to like all like come to a moment where he was worried about his future so much. I think shows two things, that these, these high school players are under a lot of pressure, but also – he, it, it mean, the f- game of football means a lot to him, and I think Kentucky specifically means a lot to him. And throughout the series that I've seen so far, it's like his whole family, if they're either wearing the high school football gear or UK gear. I haven't seen him, <laughs> any of them wear yeah. anything else. Yeah, his dad is in UK gear like nonstop, and he, he tells him a couple times, where are your UK gear? So they're pretty, they're pretty bought into it. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, uh, you know, there's like Kyle said, it's tough to judge a ton from – from these uh, scrimmages because we don't get to see him and we're just kind of getting um, words from Mark Stoops. But I will say a couple quick notes that were interesting. One, he said that there were no turnovers from the first-team offense, which is something that is is good. Um, but if you want to take it as a negative, as Kyle said, that means the defense isn't turning them over. Uh, also, he said that Chance Poor looked good. Kicking is always in, is always something that you know you want to have set and be good at. And then the other uh, the other thing I, I heard was um, Terry Wilson say when he was asked about the biggest disruptor in the secondary, he pointed out Jordan Griffin and mentioned how he's really stepping up into a leadership role in the secondary, which is something that is that needed to happen. And from UK football's perspective, it's good that he now is stepping up into that role and is making plays to a certain extent um, in those scrimmages, it sounds like. Coming up next, USA Basketball. I think um, I better get my shoes ready because I might be called up soon. Plus, Kyle Tucker's thoughts on Infale Dante. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I was in Orlando hanging out with Mickey Mouse and Harry Potter and whatnot and doing podcasting things, meeting our boss, David Locke. Shout out, David Locke. And uh, while that was going on, Infale Dante decided to go to Oregon and reclassify Neither of those are super surprising, Kyle, but uh, since you didn't get to talk about it last week, just kind of your thoughts on that. You know, it's a pretty big loss. They 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 really wanted him. Uh, I think there's some legitimate concern about the depth um, of the front court and, and really just beyond the depth, like the starting five. Like, I mean, do you have, do you have a, a five-man that you feel really good about? Um you know, I think they, I think they like Nate Sestina um, and his ability to be a stretch five. Um, they could, they could switch that up and have him at the four and EJ at the five. But I, I think there's, it's a very much jury still out, gonna have to prove it to me to believe it type deal with Nick Richards. Um, and so, you know, and Volley Dante would have played a bunch for Kentucky if he had come here, uh, and they wanted him. And they wanted Blackshear, uh, and they didn't get him either. So, and they're going to have to play against him at Florida. So, my thought is, it's a it's a, a big loss not to get him, but it could also force John Calipari's hand into playing a way that will be uh, more modern, 
um, more exciting in many ways. Um, a little more small ball, a little more wide open and spacing, spreading the floor and, and with the three point line move back, uh, now to the international three point line, they, you know, this, the, almost naturally the floor is going to be spaced a little more. So if you put some smaller, more skilled guys on the court this year of all years, you could really, um, stress some people. And I think they could really defend some people. Um, so it, you know, it could work out and, uh, you know, depending on how John Calipari adapts to his personnel, it could work out being a, a pot, a net positive for Kentucky by forcing them to play a sort of in a more modern way. And, um, I, for one, am all for it. Yeah, it'd definitely be way more entertaining, I think, and than the, the, the slowdown. Is, I, it it will be fascinating to find out how they fit all the pieces together. And I saw some people trying to, it's always tough on social media, but some people were trying to say that it wasn't necessarily a big loss and that the expectations for Infale Dante are maybe a little bit too high, and I guess that all is dependent on where where your expectations are. You know, he he played really well at the Peach Jam. Uh, his team won the whole thing, and he was the last guy. Obviously, is is the last guy to sign, and so that uh, that guy always gets a little bit more hype. But I don't think there are a ton of people that necessarily expected him to be you know, all-American level, and uh, he was going to be a contributor, and I think he's going to be a solid contributor for Oregon, so it's a loss. Um, and I'm I'm really excited to see how Calipari and staff react to not having tradition, a, a, a bevy of traditional big guys. Normally it just seems like they kind of rotate those in and out in the past years, and now, they'll, now they'll, they might have to be forced, depending on foul trouble and such, into playing a little bit more modern basketball. So, well, yeah, I mean, uh, just to add to that, I mean, just look at last year. You could throw the ball to, to P.J. Washington or you could throw the ball to Reed Travis and you'd, something good was going to happen. They were going to get a dunk, a layup, get fouled, get to the free throw line. Um, and now that's a, a lot fewer layups and free throws. Um, those two guys are gone, and there's, n- there's nobody on the roster that you guarantee, you can guarantee me right now that with – total consistency you can throw it to them on the block and they're going to make something positive happen yeah um and so that's that's a pretty major change to go from two you know all conference all america level guys on the block who could bully people to to zero potentially um is necessarily going to dramatically change the way you play the game this coming season yep 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 so let's wrap with the news that. I saw the tweet from Chris Haynes of Yahoo. He said, I'll just read his tweet, Sacramento Kings guard De'Aaron Fox will withdraw from Team USA to focus on upcoming season with goal of making playoffs, league sources tell Yahoo Sports. Is everybody just jumping off this team, Kyle? I don't even know who's going to head overseas now, but we talked at length about how this could be a big thing for Fox. I don't know if he got wind that he wasn't going to end up making it or what, but this is like a big shift. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he got wind of the fact that they that team stinks, <laughs> uh, you know, and why attach your face to, uh, a team USA that could go, go down in flames, uh, and take all in, and, and in doing so also just completely take away your summer, your training, uh, put extra miles on your body. Um, when you're trying to make a, you know, 
a playoff push be first time in years that Sacramento has made the playoffs. Um, I, I know that I, I know there are going to be different schools of thought on this, but De'Aaron Fox didn't really walk away. In my the way I would say it is he didn't walk away from Team USA because this is not this is like Team USB <laughs> C or C or D. I mean it's just such a collection of sort of second tier guys. You know you could argue Fox is a, what the best maybe the best player left. Um, one of the best players left. Uh, I I I get not wanting to risk uh, national humiliation and burn up your summer when you're when you when your day job that's actually paying you is counting on you to have the best year you've ever had in your life. Yeah, and uh, to to your point about that, what also even makes that more would make that tougher is the fact that he dropped out right before they go to. Um, Australia uh, for some exhibition games and so they go so he would have this would have been his kind of like summer I think if I'm, I'm from way someone laid this out I was listening to on a podcast and it went he was going to go to Australia then China then back for training camp in California and then the Kings had exhibition games in India and so then he would go to India and then back so I mean that is a lot of travel that would wear on anybody's body, even if you are, you know, young and in shape, a la Darren Fox. Uh, but to your point, um, <laughs> I'll quickly roll down the roster real quick of Team USA. I'm reading CBS Sports' list. They've got Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley. What? Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Miles Turner, Kimba Walker, and Derek White. That is not uh, the most. Yeah, so five was exaggeration to say Fox would be the, was the best guy left on the roster. There's three or four guys that are clearly more established stars than him, Kimba Walker, and some others. But gosh, that's. I mean, uh, is that team going to win gold? Is it favored? Is it even going to be favored to win gold? I think they will because, well, the other thing to keep in mind is, and I don't know the European um, rosters very well, but I do know the Canadian rosters also having some trouble (laughs) keeping their stars. I don't think R.J. Barrett's participating. There's been other one or two other Canadian guys that play in the NBA that aren't going. So I think that there'll be a lot of rosters that are missing their NBA guys in this World Cup event. So I... At this point to me, just like why not just have only have it in the Olympics? I mean, like what's why are well, we playing these games? What is the point though? Like these are not this is not determining who the best in the world are. It's just like whoever is going to be the winner of who can scrape together the you know the best second tier of their their top guys. It's silly to me. I, I I'm not not all that interested in watching a bunch of sort of uh, second rate guys battle for a like a a gold medal that's not really all that uh, meaningful in my mind. I don't know. I, I if we're if if nobody's going to play in it, it just kind of loses its point to me. Yes, you are correct. But it's money for FIBA is what it boils down to. I think. So, all right. Uh, I think that's everything we need to talk about today. Please subscribe and follow us on social media. We are at Locked On UK on Twitter and Instagram. Oh yeah. By the way, we're having a live show Saturday. The 24th at noon at a Grassroots Pharmacy. Come come out. Kyle Tucker will be there. I will be there. Kyle Mann will be there. You know you want to meet him. 
and it'll be a great time, so I would highly recommend putting that on your schedule. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace for sponsoring this edition of the show. You can follow Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. So. <clears throat> That, wait, have we have we talked since they didn't get in Folly Dante? I can't remember. I uh, know we can mention that too.